Hey guys, welcome back to the What Would You Know podcast. This is your host, Lily Heenan, and today is the part three series of the psychology behind cheating. I'm going to be talking about how to avoid cheating in your relationship today. So whether or not you're listening and maybe you do have thoughts of cheating, or maybe you, you are someone who I guess will has wanted to cheat or has cheated in the past, or maybe you just genuinely are in a safe and secure relationship, but you know this information is important to listen to to kind of avoid these things from happening because the things that I'm going to be suggesting if you aren't having these important conversations and establishing these boundaries and kind of coming to a mutual agreement on things, then obviously things like cheating can happen. Again, if you haven't listened to my part one and my part two series, go and listen to it. I definitely think the first one is more important than emotional cheating. So my first episode, I did why people cheat because I feel like I'm going to tell you how to avoid cheating, but I think the why is also really important. And if you are someone who has had a history of cheating, you have cheated on your partner and while you want to avoid it, I think it's really important to go back to the why question, figure out what is that deep-rooted issue that's going on for you. So today I've kind of created 20 ways to avoid cheating that will include questions that you can ask yourself, ask your partner, boundaries that you're going to establish and strategies to consider when you find yourself in the situation of potentially cheating. But before I get into that, I am going to do my own your shit segment today. The thing that I'm owning my shit for this week, I have found myself not in a good routine. So since I think it kind of started when I went to Bali a few months ago and when I got home from Bali, I submitted my thesis. And normally in my schedule for the past four years of my life, I have been a full-time uni student and I only work about 20 to 25 hours a week. That's why I, I guess, have really been grateful that I have been able to put more time into the podcast right now. I've been getting a little bit of extra work, but I am grateful that I have been able to put more time into the podcast because there has been a few opportunities for me that have kind of come my way. And I have obviously been doing the podcast for like a year and a half now. I've been on and off inconsistent with it. So I'm like, my goal now is just obviously stay consistent with it. And um, it has been doing well in the past few weeks. If you guys know, like I was in the charts, I was like the number two education chart in Australia for a few days, which is pretty cool. I haven't checked it, checked it in a little bit. But since that, I've reached out to a few people. And one of the goals that I have, like I've been in contact with the podcast agency and places that I could potentially hire out studio recording rooms because what's really important to me going forward is that obviously my goal now if I continue to put in the same amount of effort and this is this keeps growing in the rate that it has been like the past month obviously I would be fucking over the moon if I could really turn this into something and obviously as like the downloads increase and like my audience keeps growing obviously I'd love to like work with a sponsorship and be at a studio and an agency and that's something that has come to me as a result of the past few weeks like with the attention that my podcast has had which is fucking incredible but obviously like as I've been inconsistent and 
I know for you guys, it probably is a little bit frustrating for you because the audio quality is not the best. And if I ever video myself, it's literally off my phone. And I know in order for you guys to stick around and come back that like audio quality is really important as well as my editing skills, like just the small things can really make a difference, right? So that's one of my goals that I do want to eventually get into a studio and I'll obviously keep you guys updated and I guess I haven't re- been able to do that because I like obviously haven't been making money or anything off the podcast or enough for it to for me that to then go and like work with a studio or get really really good equipment because just having the podcast alone and like uploading it and stuff on the platform that I use costs money and obviously like I've bought different microphones over the years and they're not cheap and just like that whole pro- process but I am at like a really interesting point right now where this could really grow and I'm just really excited for the future to come so in saying that you know my routine has been a little bit weird I haven't been working more than what I could I have been able to put effort into the podcast and it has something has come out of it which is incredible and I'm going to keep doing that but my routine's been a little bit weird and because obviously I'm not at uni full-time And I don't know, since I think, like I said, coming back from Bali, I submitted my thesis, I moved into a new house and my morning and night routine just hasn't been the best. Like everything that I preach about, I haven't been doing lately and really it shows, it makes a difference. And like, I don't have a TV in my room, but I've been, you know, staying up really late watching stuff on Netflix, which is fine. We love that. We love a good Netflix series. I'm just saying that I know it really makes a difference when I do do small things like that where I don't have a good sleep routine or I sleep in or I stay up late and I'm like on my phone or watching TV that, yeah, it makes it harder for me to fall asleep. Then I don't get as much sleep. Then I wake up in the morning feeling shit and because I'm not getting enough sleep, I'll like snooze my fucking alarm 20 different times. Oh, she's literally behind me. Like our bedrooms are literally next to each other and our beds are like literally up against the wall. And she has to put up with like 50 different alarms going off in the morning and it's really, it fucking annoys me. So that's one thing that I'm owning my shit for, just like my routine. I haven't been prioritizing the small things like not doing breath work in the morning and leaving like an hour in the morning for myself rather than literally sleeping in, getting up, only giving myself like 15 minutes to get dressed and go out the door to work affects my mood and my energy and then it affects how I'm going to set myself up for my nighttime routine. And then when I have a shitty nighttime routine, I have a really shitty morning routine. So that's what I'm earning my shit for. My routine has been really slack and I haven't been prioritizing all the small things that I know that really does make a difference that I once was doing really consistently. And it's okay, guys. You know, we all have our off days, off weeks, off months, off years. It's okay. I'm aware of it. Going forward, I am putting effort into it again of my morning and night routine time routine because it's a domino effect and I know that it helps me and helps me feel on track and I love routine and I don't like feeling like shit and I don't like waking up tired with only giving myself like 15 minutes in the morning I haven't read I haven't done breath work I picked up my phone before I've done anything else and yet I feel like shit I'm running off stress the minute I get up because I'm rushing myself so that's what I'm earning my shit for and as of today I'm getting myself back into routine it's time to fucking get my shit together. And we know, like I remind you, that nothing changes if nothing changes. I need to start taking some actionable steps in order to change.
But before I get into the episode, guys, if you could very quickly, because you love me, if you could leave me a quick rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast will take only a few seconds. It's going to help me grow authentically and it's going to help me reach other people and it's going to allow me to help them and give out free resources and allow me to continue doing what I do. And even if, you know, you've been getting something out of the cheating series and you think that it would help someone, send it to them, put a photo up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'll always reshare it. And make sure that you are following me on all platforms so you never miss any of the content that I am sharing on there at What Would She Know Podcast. And on TikTok, I'm pretty sure I'm What Would She Know Pod. And I'm on threads too now, guys. Follow me on threads. Keep up with it. So we know that cheating is a very common thing. And when I was doing my research around it, I found that around 20% of married people cheat. When I was looking at the statistics of men, versus women on who cheats more I was actually surprised because I think that a lot of us just I'm very guilty of this will just like generalize who cheats more and I feel like it's always you know men and I was googling it and apparently younger girls are more likely to cheat so I think it was like under 20 years old or 18 years old or something like girls are more likely to cheat over boys but then after that age gap the percentage continues to go up as boys age that they're more likely to cheat. So a bit of an interesting statistic, but I've really been loving this cheating series and I know you guys have as well. And I'm going to share with you today 20 ways to avoid cheating in your relationship. So first things first, let's be real. If you're in a long-term relationship, of course, you're going to experience different thoughts and different temptations. That's just a fact. And for a lot of us, we might even have an opportunity to violate the boundaries within a relationship. And if you don't have a plan or if you haven't asked these types of questions or set specific rules in your relationship or know how to handle feelings that arise that I'm going to discuss, of course, it's going to be easier to cheat. It is human nature to find other people attractive when you are in a relationship. I guess it just comes down to whether or not Is there a connection that flows from that attractiveness that you experience and physical cheating can stem from emotional cheating? You can learn more about that in my previous episode. I told you about what is emotional cheating and the the fact that it's still cheating. And and when you put yourself in scenarios that is emotional cheating, like staying back at work to hang out with the guy that you find really attractive or, you know, there's a little bit of cheeky flirting going on and all the little things that are disrespectful to your partner. And when you keep putting yourselves in situations that make you more likely to cheat, that's when it's really tricky and can obviously lead to physical cheating. I think it's always going to come down to like the best way that we can avoid it is communicating and you need to be having really important and hard conversations to establish boundaries in your relationship and avoid things like cheating. So I have created 20 ways that you can avoid cheating that includes questions to ask yourself, your partner, boundaries to establish and strategies to consider when you find yourself about to cheat. And I'm going to read them out because I feel like it'll be a lot easier and I don't want to butcher what I've written down. And I feel like it'll make more sense when I when I just read off the 20 dot points that I have written down. So you guys don't even have to think about what you have to do going into these situations because obviously I've got all the information and all the right questions that you need to be asking and all the things that you need to be thinking before you do essentially cheat on someone. 
I'll do a post as well to like write these down so you can go back and I guess have them in front of you on your phone or I could even make like a little template that I like I could give you guys and you could download or even like I suggest maybe if you aren't driving pause this and write it down so you do have them in front of you and that you don't forget them because I know sometimes it can be you know we take in a lot of information these days and I listen to podcasts every day and sometimes like in the moment I hear things I'm like oh my god it's really good and then I guess you kind of forget about them because you listen to it and then you go on with your day so you really want to take actionable steps and write things like this down so that you can go forward with them and use them in your life. So the first one that I have, this is number one, what are your boundaries about having deeper relationships outside of ours? So what is off limits about sharing details about ourselves and our relationship and our family to other people? What is off limits about how we spend our time with other people? Because like I said before, when you have deeper connections outside of your relationship, and obviously you need other deeper connections with people who are friends and family, even work colleagues, but you don't want those connections to cross boundaries of what a platonic relationship is, and you don't want to be disrespectful to your partner in the way that you are crossing boundaries in your romantic relationship. So that's why it's really important to have those conversations of you know, what are our boundaries within our relationship and the depth of our relationship and what are boundaries outside of our relationship in terms of the connections that we have with other people. My second point is if I'm spending time with other people, even with genders that may trigger your partner being uncomfortable, do I need to communicate that with you? Do I need to let you know that I am spending time with other people and if I am forming new relationships. Number three, what do you consider as emotional and physical cheating? Again, go and listen back to my first two episodes because I go into a bit about what that actually looks like, even though at the end of the day, it's kind of on you and your partner or partners of what you consider to be as emotional and physical cheating. Number four, if you're quite a touchy person and physical touch is your love language, I think it's important to ask your partner, like, how would you feel about this? And how would you feel if I'm like this with all of my friends of all genders? Do your feelings change for different genders when I am being, you know, physically affectionate with other people? I think going off this conversation, this specific question, my boyfriend and I had a conversation. We were kind of talking about this, but kind of not. So we were like giving hypothetical situations of, let's just say, if one of us turned around because we're straight and in a monogamous relationship and we said hypothetically if one of us turned around and was like I want to explore my sexuality and want to go and explore that with people of the same gender so hypothetically that could be me turning around and be like I want to explore my sexuality I think I might be bisexual but I don't actually know but I want to go out and explore it with other girls it was kind of the conversation of like, how would we feel if that happened or if one of us voiced a conversation like that and we both agreed that we would support each other. It kind of, it wouldn't be weird, but I guess we've never really experienced that situation. This, has, this hasn't happened either, by the way. It was just like a hypothetical situation. But if it were to happen, we were both, yep, communicate it with us. We're not really bothered by it. But then we both switched the question of, okay, well, what if we turned around and said, I want to go and explore 
different sex relationships with other people. So for me, that could be me turning around and being like, I want to go and experience, I kind of want to be in an open relationship or go and experience like a, a sexual relationship with another boy or Murray saying that with another girl. We both agreed that we wouldn't feel comfortable with that and that's both crossing the boundaries. That's a boundary that we both wouldn't want to be crossed. And I find, I do find it really, like we were both having this conversation, like why do we, I guess Murray kind of gave it a good answer. Why do we both feel as if like if we had have turned around and been like, I want to explore my sexuality with the same gender, we would both be all for it and we're like, whatever, go for it, you do you. But if it was of a different gender because we're both straight, we both would feel really uncomfortable and really triggered and we wouldn't like that. And I was like talking to him like, so interesting because I wonder what what's actually going on there in terms of why do we feel okay about one situation and not the other? And I think Muzz turned around and was like, I think it kind of comes back to if I was going out and wanting to explore different relationships with boys, it would make Murray feel like he's not good enough because he is a boy and it would kind of make him question, am I not good enough? What's wrong with me? Can I not give Lily what she wants and what she needs? Or do I not look like this? Or do I not offer that? And it kind of triggers us and makes us feel like we'd have to compete in a way or change ourselves. And I think that was that was a really important conversation to have if we did hypothetically come across that. But I, yeah, I just found that that conversation was quite interesting. So I think, again, that whole conversation of what's the boundaries in terms of your love language and hypothetical situations like that of you wanting to explore your sexuality is important. Number five. If I cheated on you, would you rather me admit it and we work together to solve the issue that comes from you cheating or would you rather from me cheating or would you rather that I keep it to myself and me fully commit to never doing it again? Number six, this one sounds really simple, but it's not, but really understand your partner because if you're not understanding your partner to depths of emotional intimacy, they're going to go and seek that out in different relationships and that's how emotional cheating forms because if your needs aren't getting met and you are not being understood and you're not getting your needs met both emotionally and physically in a way that you know you really truly don't understand your partner of course your partner is going to go and seek that out somewhere else if they don't you know end the relationship before they do that number seven can I express that I find other people attractive even celebrities or should I keep those thoughts to myself in order to not trigger or upset you Number eight, what are your emotional needs in a relationship? Number nine, what are your needs and desires in our intimacy life? Again, this kind of ties in with number six because while it sounds really simple, it's really important to understand your partner and what they need and value in a relationship. Number 10, do we agree to keep things mutually private? So secrets that we keep to ourselves What happens if an ex slides into your DMs or your best friend just confess that they don't like your partner? Do they want to know or is that something that we keep to ourselves? Number 11, if you can't meet my needs and my intimacy desires in the bedroom, would you be open to work on being open to my desires and fetishes or would you be okay if I seek this out in other people with specific boundaries or is that idea of maybe an open relationship completely off limits number 12 like i said in the previous episode you want to be evolving with 
your partner. So you want to be growing with them because sometimes we change and our beliefs change and our values change and our needs change and they don't line up with the partner who we were once in love with or who we fell in love with at the beginning when we first met. And this is never anyone's fault ever because change is inevitable and it's so common and you just want to continue to do things that challenge you that allow you to grow together because we all change as we age and you're going to be a different person like five or ten different times in a relationship if you are with them long term and you are with them for like 30, 40, 50 years. It's not enough to put our partnership on cruise control and expect the relationship to last or expect it to ever be easy because that's not going to work. Number 13, go to therapy alone and together. I think counseling together, even a few sessions here and there, it's really going to help you to develop a more comprehensive map on how you can tend to your partnership and how you can build a better relationship and how you can share your life together and it be more enjoyable because, and even in saying like go to counseling together, I would even recommend going every now and then, even when you feel like you are at the most healthiest and you're like in a really good spot in your relationship. Because I think having those tools, if you can, obviously, if you have access to it and if you can afford it, obviously use it. If you if you can't, obviously, that's, that's another story, but it can really help down the line. Number 14, how do you feel about innocent flirting and liking other people's revealing Instagram photos? And what are your feelings about engaging in these types of behaviors? Again, this kind of ties into emotional cheating. Number 15, talk about sex openly and frequently, talk about your desires and the fetishes you have. Always allow it to be a safe space when you do have these conversations. Number 16, don't ignore the unresolved fights and issues that keep arising without trying to, I guess, repair and working together to resolve the issues. Because if you keep ignoring the issues that come up or you keep sweeping those fights big or small under the rug this will like you cannot you think you can outrun this and outsmart these situations but you can't it will create deep resentment and emotional exhaustion in your relationship and then sometimes that's when people will again go out and seek other relationships and other connections and will go out and do things like cheating because the resentment's so big and they're so emotionally exhausted and they've emotionally checked out because They've never worked together on resolving the issues that are present in your relationship. So back to 13, that is why going to therapy both alone and together is really important. Number 17, if you do go to cheat, I just want you to put yourself in the situation of imagine the hurt and pain that your partner would experience if you were to cheat. Number 18, you really want to justify your existence with your partner. You want to be that go-to person for your partner. And anything that you can't bring to the table and that you don't provide your partner in terms of like emotional, physical, intellectual needs, stimulation, sexual, your partner will go and look for this in other people, whether they're conscious of this or not, because we want to have our needs met. And sometimes this is where an affair will start or that emotional bond or connection will arise outside of the relationship because it replaces our partner. And when we're not getting those things from our partner, 
Of course it's going to happen. And when people do go out and seek these things that they're not getting, it more times than not does take that energy and it takes away the thinking that you need from the partnership that you have that obviously needs attention and something that you guys need to work on. Number 19, I think that cheating also really can arise from opportunity. So if you're staying back with a coworker after hours and you've got a really deep, deep emotional connection, we know where that can lead. Traveling with someone that you work with, we know where that can lead. Being out on weekends all the time, late till early hours of the morning without your partner, we know where that can lead. Spending a lot of time alone, drinking and doing drugs too much, or having only social circles that are independent and do not include your partner will create opportunities. Again, it is completely normal and healthy and necessary to have different social circles and do different activities with other people outside of your relationship. But if you only have social circles that don't include your partner, obviously that's a fucking red flag. So in these situations, what you can do here is I guess, put forward your attention to these types of situations and then work on trying to do more things together, include them in things as much as you can. Not all the time. If you are someone who does love to party on the weekend and your your partner's okay with that and boundaries have been established, keep in touch with them. Send them a message every now and then. No, you don't need to be texting them 24-7. That's toxic. If someone's making you text them 24-7 when you're out with your friends. Obviously, it's important to be present and have those connections and spend those time with them. But just a message once or twice or like, hey, I'm safe or hey, these are my plans or hey, I'm going to be back at this time. That's the bam. Okay. And if you are someone who I guess you do a lot of traveling away from your partner, check in, call them, call them every day. Even it's just for like five, 10 minutes, you know, bring them home little care packages or little gifts so that they know that you were thinking of them and it helps you feel connected. We just want to limit all of our opportunities that can lead to cheating. Number 20, if you are crossed with this opportunity of cheating, I think I did speak about this in previous episodes that, of course, it's easy to put the person that you want to cheat with out of complete context and you think that they're perfect, but trust me, they're not. They are flawed and you think that they have all of these perfect qualities and nothing's wrong with them. That's absolutely not true. In these situations, I want you to focus on their least attractive qualities, their physical and non-physical least attractive qualities. Are they really worth it? Their bed sheets probably stink. You know, is the person that you're cheating with actually a husband and he has kids and he's cheating on his wife? Like really, are they really worth it? I'm sure there's been situations and outcomes where that has worked, where the, I guess the husband's left the wife for the person that he's cheating on with. But that in itself, I feel like I would just not even go there. Again, I say this, but you truly never know. But I just feel like right now, where I am right now, and the beliefs that I have and the values that I have, I just, I just think that in itself is a red flag. And let's be realistic, it's probably not going to work. So they are my 20 ways that you can avoid cheating by asking those questions to yourself and your partner and establishing those boundaries. But I think also that it's really important to continue to do the little things 
especially in a long-term relationship, you don't want to treat each other as if you have become roommates, which is what happened to me. You you can't stay in a relationship where your needs aren't being met or you emotionally checked out a long time ago. That's why you need to continue doing the little things. And like the little things might look like writing them a cute note or cooking them dinner after they've had a hard day at work or keep touching them and flirting with them and treating them as if you are still in that dating stage. So it's like exciting and making sure you're still spending a lot of quality time with each other. Like me and my boyfriend have a rule where we'll go on a date night at least once a week. We both have made the rule that we'll take it in turns and someone has to plan it and pay and then the next person has to plan and pay. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. We'll try and do activities and go out for dinner and stuff. But if there's off weeks or, you know, once upon a time, not that long ago, was a broke uni student where going out for dinner every second week week with my partner on top of like trying to go out for dinner with friends wasn't realistic in terms of money. So we do little things like have dinner at home or play a card game or go to a park with our dog or go into a day trip somewhere and go for like a little hike and go see a waterfall. There are so many different things that you can do that is going to enable you to spend quality time with your partner. You don't have to make it difficult. And I just think that, yeah, really putting in the effort always especially when you're in a long-term relationship because that's what is going to, you know, keep you in love and keep the relationship alive and keep that spark alive. Because I think for so many, especially these days, when people get into a relationship, they obviously have that honeymoon period and it can last from anywhere up to a few months or a few years and then it dies down. Of course it dies down. Not everything's exciting and not everything's passionate and you get to know them more on a deeper level and things start to piss you off and you stop doing the little things slowly over time and then that's when some relationships won't work because their needs not are not getting met. They're, the connection isn't as strong as it once was and they almost feel like the love is gone but more times than not the love isn't gone. They've just stopped doing the little things that keeps that relationship alive and if you're going to be in a relationship forever, even if that's someone like till the end of time and that's 70 years with them, you have to continue doing the little things. You don't just get to be in a relationship and only do it for a year and never again. Those are the relationships that won't work out and people will do things like cheating. That's where it's quite common for that to happen because, like I said, going back to why do people cheat, the issues within the relationship when our needs aren't being met and the love's gone and the emotional connection's gone, Of course, that's when we will go out and seek other people and other situations and different connections that crosses the boundaries of a romantic relationship. And if you are finding yourself in this situation where the honeymoon stage is, I guess, died down and you feel like it's not really the same anymore and you're craving different people or, you know, a sexual relationship with someone else or if things truly aren't the same as they once were, Communicate with your partner before you decide that you want to break up with them. Obviously, you know, you know, but if you truly love them and you want to work on it and you just feel really lost and maybe you even have had thoughts of cheating, communicate with your partner on the things that you miss in your relationship and that you want in your relationship because a lot of people who are cheated on will be left feeling confused and not good enough because they feel like it could have potentially been their fault that they couldn't give you what you needed. But more times than not, that is avoidable because all you have to do is have that conversation to begin with. Because 
more times than not when you communicate things that you miss in your relationship with your partner and if they're still you know 100% in that relationship and in love with you and want to make it work of course you would hope that they're going to try and work with you and the relationship to get it back to that place where it once was ultimately the most effective safeguard against cheating lies in creating a relationship that is just irresistible and exceptionable and just you want to be able to keep the bond strong and it starts with having these conversations setting these boundaries and doing more than the bare minimum you want to keep things fresh you want you know your partner to not only be your best friend but they're also the love of your life but if you do suspect that your partner may be seeking some sort of deeper emotional connection with someone else sometimes while yes I don't advocate for that we know that but sometimes the question as well as having these conversations with your partner is to look within I want you to consider taking proactive steps that are gonna reflect your role in the relationship instead of turning to arguments and a lot of criticism towards your partner because if your partner it's not it's never your fault but I do think again there are two people in the relationship and if your partner is seeking out interest in other people it can be a great indicator of I guess pointing out areas where you can improve and invest more effort as a partner or as a couple like I said, that we just need to remember that improving your relationship and improving yourself is an ongoing, continuous cycle that is never going to end. You don't just get to give up. You just don't get to stop doing the little things. You don't get to just stop working on yourself and not look within. And you don't get to just stop working on your relationship because, of course, it's not going to work out. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the part three of How to Avoid Cheating. I hope that helped. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Send me a message. I love hearing what you guys think. And you guys can now donate to the show if you want to. It's like there's a little link in the description notes. It says support the show. It'll take you directly to a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And you can literally just buy the show a coffee and it will go towards obviously everything that goes on behind the scenes in terms of costs. And hopefully soon, guys, I will see you in a studio. Well, you'll be seeing me and hearing me from a studio. But yeah, I hope you guys have a lovely rest of the week. And I will see you next Friday on my part four. My partner cheated. Do I stay or do I go? And I just recorded an episode yesterday with someone who has a background in females, hormones, and empowering women through education, through how to have a better cycle. You guys are going to fucking love the episode. I'm so keen. So obviously my next episode will be the last part of this series of the psychology behind cheating. And then the one after that, I think it's like the first week of August. That's when that episode about the hormones, you know, we've you and me both have had all the questions of like, you want to know about cycle syncing. You want to know how to balance your hormones. You, you want to know how you can help period pain. What are actually safe for alternatives to birth control that won't allow me to fall fucking pregnant? She answers all of those questions, all of them. She talks about all the 
endocrine disruptors that, you know, I always bang on about, but I always, I think it's important to have guests on who are credible and knowledgeable in their field, who know what they're talking about. That's why I've got her on. And I want her to come back on already. Her name's Virginia, but yeah, you guys are going to love the episode and I can't wait for you to hear that one. Anyway, remember, nothing changes if nothing changes.